0: Coming up on today's episode, the latest on the Jets' offseason, including PLD officially asking out, plus the fallout from Winnipeg's side after the three-way Provorov trade. Hello, everybody. Recording live from somewhere. What's good and welcome to another episode of Skates and Plates on the Hockey Podcast Network. I'm your host, Brandon Rowicki You can follow me on Twitter at Brandon underscore Rewicki or the podcast at Skates Plates Pod. All right, good to be back at it here. A little bit earlier in the week, not closing things out on a Friday, but instead coming at you guys on a Thursday morning. Trips and various other... Happenings throughout life are expediting the process for the end of the week episode here, so we're getting it done a little bit early here. But kind of ends up being uh, a blessing in disguise because, oh boy, we got a pretty nice dump of Jets juicy rumors and tidbits midday Wednesday, and uh, yeah, it's it's going to be a pretty wild couple of days once the Cup final comes to an end in about a week or so time. Uh, to get into all that and a little bit more, once again joining us, CJOB's Tyson Rowicki Tyson, how are we doing today? Oh, I'm doing fantastic. I'm I'm ready to head out, ready to head out down south to Minnesota. Not too far south though. So it's going to be but I'm yeah. really excited. So i us just say congratulations to Will Coop on the on the on the marriage. That's what we're there for. That's what it's all there. That's what we're doing and it's just going to be it's going to be a weekend in paradise. I like that you're, you're coming in like a 9, a 9 out of 10 right now. Like I like that the energy <laughs> level is already where it needs to be, and you're probably like 15 hours away from actually getting into some shenanigans. Uh, do you want to tell everybody where you're going in Minnesota? Because Brainerd. I know a lot of people will know exactly what uh, what trouble you're in here. Brainerd, Minnesota at the Breezy Point Resort all-inclusive oh. golf, baby. It's going to be... <laughs> It's gonna be a doozy. We we're even talking about some of those dinners and like, it's just, I I am going to eat so good and and not even have a bottle of wine for dinner. Like, why not? Just, you gotta you gotta get your money's worth, right? Why not? Why not? Yeah, <laughs> I mean, oh, to be to be in the mid twenties again, that that yeah, I, I could probably go for that. Um, although if I did that nowadays, I'd need like a four and a half week recovery period. So. It may, maybe it's best that you just take advantage and i'll live vicariously through you here um, but that's exciting uh yeah please stay safe out there and um i'd say drink plenty of fluids but i already know that's gonna happen but just try oh, to yeah. mix in a water once in a while if you we'll could stay that very could hydrated um yeah I, I was hopeful i thought maybe we could do a podcast live on location but that got that got x'd out pretty quickly from numerous parties involved there so we'll see if we can do a A different on the road skates and plates episode sometime in the next little bit. Um, but plenty to get it to in this one here, Tice. And we'll get to the Jets talk in just a sec. But before we do that, we have to mention uh, that's the start of the episode, so that means it's trivia time. And you came through this week with your bargain, your end of the bargain here with the trivia. So, what do we got here? I'm not gonna lie, Brad. this is this is pretty tough. I would be shocked if you if you get some of these answers right and so you know with the playoffs and I was thinking why don't we talk about some teams that no longer exist or didn't exist for a while and so (laughs) we're throwing it way way back and we're going to start off with our first team the first two you might have a chance the third one is going to be grasping at straws I think but so we'll start off with the Winnipeg Jets the first reiteration of the Winnipeg Jets Dale Howard has the most is tied for the most goals in Jets 1.0 history and playoff scoring. Do you know who's tied with him? Playoffs. This is just playoffs? Yes. Uh, interesting, interesting, interesting. And this is playoffs only. Um yeah, the year right, this is pretty brutal. <laughs> I guess I'll. I mean, they didn't. There wasn't a whole lot of playoff success either. Um, Dave Babbage, incorrect. It wasn't Steen, was it? No, he was. I, I believe he was third. Lori Boschman? Like, no, I'll give you. I'll give you a hint because these these next two have a similar hint. Both of the the guy that's the answer for this one and the guy that that's the answer for the second one were both are either. A current NHL coach or? Oh, how could I? That's bad. It it was Paul McClain, wasn't it? Correct. Yeah, that's bad. Okay. That's a bad, that's a bad miss on my part. That was, that was, so the second one, this is it. They start to get a little bit tougher. We're going to Hartford with our second answer. And sort of the same thing. Kevin Deneen was the number, was the leading playoff goal scorer for the Hartford Whalers. Do you know who is second for the Hartford Whalers in playoff scoring all time? Current Um, current NHL coach. I mean, I'm going to assume it's not Rod the Bod. Uh, That's probably a little too easy. Current? I mean, my first thought would have been Pat Verbeek, but he's not. And then Ron Francis is a GM, so it's not Ronnie. Ay, ay, ay. Um, I know Dave Tippett played. It's not Dave Tippett. Dean Evison? <laughs> wow, it is Dean Evan. <laughs> <laughs> Dean Evison. Now, Brad, that's... this one this one's really grasping at straws here. And we're yeah, gonna go. I like how you I don't have... even have to guess the, the guy with the most points. It's the it's the second most points, so that's great, but let's go again. We're going to throw back to the team that ended up becoming the Jets 2.0. And they only had one playoff series. (laughs) Four, Four games. So there's a tie for the Atlanta Thrashers playoff goal scorers. With one. Each of these guys have one. I'm going to take away Ilya Kovalchuk because that one's a bit too easy. Can you name one of the other four that scored a playoff goal for the Winnipeg or for the Atlanta thrashers? Um, I know I, I he might've scored the first one. I, I I can't remember, but I'm 99% sure that it was the big deadline acquisition. Keith Kachuk and the Gino for Atlanta. Keith, Keith Kachuk is on there. I, I, I kind of didn't include him too, just cause that was a kind of a big name. So I want you to try and guess one of these other four guys. Oh boy. Um, it wasn't. Did the sheriff get one? Shane ninety. Shane ninety did in fact score a playoff goal for the Atlanta Thrashers. Wow. The other, the other three that were involved. I w- the other Pac- one I would have said was either either Andrew Burnett or Pascal Dupuis. I, I know both of those guys played on like every expansion team ever. Pascal Dupuis on there. The other two, Greg Devrie, <laughs> and Eric Belanger. Oh Eric, wow, Eric, Eric Belanger, I he was always like a kind of like a sneaky underrated. I remember like he was always an eighty in NHL, and he was the Great perfect fourth center. liner. Yeah, yeah, perfect third liner, perfect third line center. So I'm, I've shot. I didn't think you were gonna get Dean, Dean Evison, but here we are. Yeah, the only I think the only reason I know that is, I think it was the last Jets Wild game, like the the madness one in Minnesota there and i because I, I knew he played a bunch i knew he was an absolute psych i mean he's a psycho on the bench. with how like there's no emotions which is even more terrifying than somebody freaking out i knew he had a bunch of penalty minutes and things like that but i'm pretty sure i just looked up his stats and maybe that's the only main reason i knew he semi lit it up in hartford for a little bit there <laughs> but I, I know what i'm doing i got my trivia game down those were some tricky ones but not bad good job we'll see if we can come back next week with uh a different theme and if I can stump Tice, you can stump me and if you guys can stump your friends or uh, show off your trivia knowledge as well um but that's enough of that for now and like I mentioned a lot to get into surprisingly on a Wednesday June 7th uh <laughs> especially when the team's not anywhere near the playoff mix uh but the big news came out through a handful of insiders started off with NHL's insider trading And then followed up by a follow-up article from Pierre Lebrun on The Athletic. And not not really a surprise, but kind of the official confirmation that we've all been waiting for for a long, long time. But it's it's officially official. Pierre-Luc Dubois has asked for a trade out of Winnipeg and has informed the team through his agent Pat Brisson that he will not sign a long-term extension with the team prefers to be traded, might not even sign a one-year extension with the team. That, that was kind of thrown in there as well as a bit of a, uh, you want to you wanna play games? We can play games sort of a thing. But the big news being just kind of the official announcement from Pierre Lebrun that PLD wants out and will not be a Winnipeg Jet long-term. Again, Tyson, not surprised, but what are your thoughts now that the word gets out there and it's going to be sooner rather than later that PLD is no longer a member of the Winnipeg Jets. Well, I want to use a different word, but I'll refrain from that. And I think everyone can fill in the blanks, but screw this guy. Like, honestly, I'm just done with Pierre-Luc Dubois. And I've made that pretty clear in the past couple episodes. But, like, this guy just sucks. Like, this guy really does just suck. And, like, it's it's sort of, like, also, like, who who do you think you are? You go from Columbus. You have a messy breakup with with Columbus and John Portarella and Yarmo Kekalainen, and and then you come to another team and it's the same thing. Like this isn't. It's just the entitlement too, where it's like I I deserve to play in a big market. I deserve to be on a team that has a storied franchise and everything. Instead of just going out there and playing, like this is a guy that shows up for sixty percent of the games, and you're gonna. You're going to like if you watch those playoffs too. Is this a guy who you want to give $9 million to? It could be a blessing in disguise for the Jets. Oh, you took my. I was going to say I said blessing in disguise that we did the episode earlier. And I think that might be the theme of the episode here. That this is, I I, I think this is good news for Winnipeg. Maybe not great news in terms of, you know, leveraging a trade for him and getting the, the most value out of him. I mean, that part of it can be debated here but i what you said there earlier Tyson i think is 100% true here and accurate you don't want to pay this guy 8-9 million dollars at least i don't think like if you want to build a winning team you know he, i don't think he's going to give you 8 to 9 million dollars worth of value even though he's in what is he 23 24? Like, 24 like essentially yeah, yeah the, the prime of his career and you're not really hopeful that he's going to be able to live up to a big time contract and, you know, not only the NHL, Tyson, he did this in junior as well, you know, try to, to force his way and bully his way out of a team to get to the destination that he wanted to. Um, just your, your mic's a little wonky right now, Tyson. Uh, but uh, yeah, I, I think this whole song and dance, it's, it's been a long time coming. It, the writing's been on the wall for, for how many weeks or weeks, how many months now? And it's, I don't know, it's kind of nice to me that we get some official confirmation on this that, you know what, it's just not going to happen here in Winnipeg, and now it's off to find the biggest return and the best spot for him moving forward. If it's Montreal, great. If it's not Montreal, hey, suck it too. If it's Arizona, all the better. Send <laughs> him there to play in front of 3,000 fans a night for the next 82 games or however long it goes there, but I don't think this is a case, Tyson, where it's you know what, we, we know he's not going to be a guy here long term, but we'll move him at the deadline if we have to. To get like, I think this is something we just, even if it's not the exact return you want, you bite the bullet early. People that don't want to be here in Winnipeg, guess what? You don't have to be here in Winnipeg. We'll send you out. We'll find guys that want to come in, play their ass off night in, night out, and I think we're going to be a lot happier than you will be, and your fan base will be with the new team that you head to, because I agree, Tyson. We haven't seen a consistent enough effort from him game in, game out to warrant, I think, an $8 million $9 million contract over six, seven, or eight years. Yeah, I agree with you 100%. And I, th- I believe I mentioned this in a, a previous episode, maybe around the deadline or by, by the end of the season, but I, I'll, this sticks in my mind so much. And it was when... That's Gets the Ehlers Post, thing, right? Yeah. It's when they were doing that game where it's sort of like, you name something, you write something on the whiteboard, and blah, blah, blah. And it, Ehlers had mentioned something about Danish food. And Pierre-Luc Dubois was saying, oh, you got to bring me some Danish food next year. And Elias just kind of gave him an eye roll. And you got to think that that has some sort of effect on a team throughout a season, right? Where you you see a guy who are, there's lapses in in discipline, lapses in just in the mental part of the game where you're kind of just not focused on your assignment or you're just not in the right spot on the ice. And that's got to piss some guys off where you're just thinking like, hey, this guy's not buying in totally. He's not in the right spots on the ice and he doesn't even want to be here. That's what's his, like, what do we do with them? You know, and it's just like, it's a black cloud around this team that doesn't need any black clouds right now. Well, yeah, you you want everyone pulling in the right direction, right? Like, everyone's going the same way. And you've got, in this case, PLD wanting out for basically over a year. You've got Shafley Wheeler doing their own thing. I mean, who knows what else is going on inside that locker room, right? Like, it's just too many guys going all over the place here. And... Well, we'll get to Darren Drager's comments in just a sec here, but it is funny that we've been using all these re-words, and we have a new one added to the mix. I don't know if you saw this, Tyson, on on Insider Trading, but Darren Drager used the word re-stabilize, an opportunity for the Jets to re-stabilize. So it's not rebuild, reload, re-up, anything like that. We can re-stabilize here, but I kind of like that because it does give the team an opportunity here to get everybody on the same page. And I think like we've seen in Minnesota with the Parisian and Suter buyouts a few years ago, they, they they took a hit in the short term, right? Like they weren't as talented as they could have been with Parisian and Suter in the mix, but the team as a whole, as a collective was so much better. And I think that's going to be the hope that the jets find a way to, to, you know, come out on the other side, looking okay. Even if maybe the returns and the replacements aren't as quote unquote talented as some of the guys that might be on their way out the door. I uh, should mention this too, with Pierre-Luc Dubois and, you know, mainly the reason why i think they need to make a move on this by the draft i believe um once july 1st hits or whenever the news offseason hits usually july 1st uh, teams can then sign rfas to offer sheets and in pierre Luc dubois case team could sign him to a relatively cheap one-year offer sheet only give up a first and a third round pick And the Jets would have to choose either taking that as the trade haul or keeping Dubois in the mix for one more year, walking him to free agency. And on top of that, they would not be able to trade him at the deadline. That is just way too big of a risk to even consider if you're the Winnipeg Jets here. So, I mean, I I guess kind of the when you're talking to other GMs around the league, the minimum S is going to be, hey, a first and a third round pick and something else. And if you're able to get something like that, then it's an easy deal to make before the draft. Maybe, 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 maybe if the returns are low balls and, and things like that, you, you think about waiting closer to that July 1 date. But for me, Tyson, it's just as simple as let's get, if it's picks and pros, whatever it is, let's get those in as early as possible here. Let's make a 2023 pick with that first rounder if that's what it comes down to in a good draft as opposed to waiting another year on a pick and, and whatever else might come through like that. Um, but I yeah, I, I just... It doesn't have to be right after the season's over, but by the time that first round gets underway, Pierre-Luc Dubois has got to be in a different jersey. Yeah, and I was also sort of thinking about the offer sheet thing. Would it really be the worst trade package you could get to get Montreal's first and third round picks in this next upcoming draft? Because I don't, I don't... Yeah, I mean... So, you're, yeah, a 2024 first round pick for Montreal... <laughs> that would be a that would be that's an interesting one. So you're taking the gamble that Montreal is going to be I guess a bottom 10 team with Pierre-Luc Dubois? Is it good now? It, yeah, you're good. Um yeah, so- no. It, yeah, for sure. I I I it's got to be a bottom 10. Even with the addition of Pierre-Luc Dubois and say another key piece. I don't know if that's enough. Like that defense is really really shallow in Montreal. And if they stick with the goaltending that they got right now, Jake Allen, he's he's up and down. Sam Montembeau just had a really good World Championships, but he's a guy at two Where I'm not, if I'm banking my playoff hopes on a guy like Sam Montembeau, I'm not too confident going into the season. So it's I, you can almost play chicken with Montreal and be like, do it. Yeah, give us your first round. I, I mean, I I get, I get what you're saying. I don't know if I want to do that though, because I I mean. Montreal is not going to be a playoff team next year, but I can see that pick being like 10, 11, 12. Yeah. And then it's like, all right. Like you're getting a, you're getting a decent prospect, but I mean, in all likelihood, nothing earth shattering there. And that guy's not going to help you for four or five years. The jets have also made it very clear that they want some, some semblance of a guy that can help right now. And yeah, no, I, no, I, I think even with, the temptation of that potentially being a top 5 pick although i don't know how likely that is with how bad some of the other teams in the nhl are right now uh yeah i don't i don't think so i think for me it's just hey nhl pld is up for grabs best offer gets him don't care who it is don't care what division give us your best young guy and then maybe another pick or something like that but it, he's he's getting moved He's getting moved by, by the time the draft gets underway. So I as better, whoever, whoever that ends up being, give me a call and you get yourself a 24-year-old 1B centerman. I, I, don't, I don't know if I want to – I don't know if I'm that ballsy to, to play chicken with Muncher. I, I, like I, I just don't think there's much reward. Like to me, the offers aren't going to get better at, the further you wait into the offseason. It's just go at it at the draft. You get yourself in all likelihood a good pick in 2023, and then we, we try to figure out how to rebuild from there. Yeah. I, I, I get that. And for me, it's just sort of like a good riddance thing. Like the sooner, sooner we can just absolve ourselves of this headache, the better. Yeah. And, you know, along those lines, and I kind of mentioned it there, that brings us to the next point and, you know, maybe we'll, we'll take a look a little bit further um, into the future here about some potential destinations for PLD outside of the obvious one in Montreal Um But interesting that, you know, as Pierre Lebrun on Insider Trading mentioned the fact that PLD is out the door in all likelihood sometime soon, Aaron Drager piggybacked on that pretty quickly and mentioned that it's not just going to be Pierre-Luc Dubois, it's going to be the entire core that gets shaken up in Winnipeg. I know everybody saw the PLD comments, but Darren Drager said that... Kevin Chevalier from the Winnipeg Jets would prefer not to trade any of their top guys, but you have to look at the potential. What you're hearing on the market for Dubois, Shafley, Hellebuck, imagine the return for any or all three of those players this offseason. It would help restabilize. There it is. Help restabilize the Winnipeg Jets. You could not allow Connor Hellebuck to walk into free agency. Offseason deals are normally the best in terms of return. This is going to be a big summer for the Jets. I think pretty obvious, if you could read between the lines, what's going on here, Tyson. It's, yeah. is it all four now? Like the Jets core four, are they all gone and out the door? I think at this point, I'd be surprised if it's not all four. Yeah. all I mean, all. there's way too much smoke. Like when, when all of the insiders are collectively saying pretty similar things and you're this isn't just this is Darren Draeger, this is Pierre LeBron, this is Elliot Friedman, this is Chris Johnston, and then go keep on going all the way down. Like this is there's a lot of smoke going on right now. And I think that they've had their meetings with these players and you know, they know where they stand. And this is where things are gonna really start to get interesting, especially you hear the rumors in other places with guys like John Gibson and Carter Hart and how and the potential returns on those guys being huge. And Connor Hellebuck's going to get potentially double what those guys get, and it's it's terrifying and intriguing at the same point. Yeah, I know. You know, what I mean, yeah. Like so in, in all reality, the I mean, you could make the case. I think it is the case that Jets have the two best trade chips right now in the trade market. You, right, you, you have a, three, a top three. You have a top three goalie in in Connor Hellebuck, even with one year left. But you have a top three goalie in the world in Connor Hellebuck. I would put Mark Schreifle at two just because of the the cap it that he's got, right? Like to be able to have a guy like him that can, you know, obviously deficiencies there, but still 40 goal, 80 point guy, pretty much automatic. There's a ton of teams are going to just see all the value in that and ignore the negatives there. And then obviously you would have Dubois and then to a much, much lesser extent, Blake Wheeler to go along with a bunch of the other assets that the Jets have up in the air right now when the cap is staying as flat as it is, as it sounds like you're right, Tyson, like the opportunity to whatever you want to call it, to hit the reset button and essentially just reshape the core and the, the look of your team. It's, it's here for the club. And I'm, I don't know. I I guess you would say pleasantly surprised that it, it seems like they're not going to be afraid to make some bold moves. Are they going to win these trades? That's the million dollar question right there, but, and, and especially when you hear it from somebody like Darren Drager, who I think more than the others tends to echo what teams are thinking, if that makes any sense. I I think the writing is pretty clearly on the wall here that we're going to see three really significant trades for the team, and then either another minor trade or a buyout for Blake Wheeler, and then we'll <laughs> we'll see where the chips are after that. But it's coming, it's coming, and and what it's going to be is is going to be absolutely fascinating. But I'm glad you mentioned the Philadelphia trade there, Tyson, because that's where we'll wrap up the episode. And it actually does, I think, I don't know, affect the Winnipeg Jets, but I think it gives the team a template that they need to follow and and go down here. Um, obviously, Provrov heading to Columbus in a very complicated three-team trade happens while the Stanley Cup final is going on. Amazing. Please, let's have something happen between games three and four. Um, but aside from that, and, and you touched on it there, Carter Hart name out there on the market right now. John Gibson has been out on the market for a long time. Uh, I believe it was David Pagnotta that said a pretty impactful name is on the market, potentially to one of the teams that were involved in those trades. What I liked about this trade from Philly's perspective, outside of it being a home run by Danny Briere, the best GM of the NHL, just kidding, not really, is that he went ahead and got things done early. And man, oh man, hey, I, I, I get it's a difficult tightrope to walk because sometimes going too early can be a bit of a death blow in terms of sending the market at a low spot. But... I'll tell you what, I would rather go out and set the market early as opposed to doing the Chuck Fletcher and trying to wait things out and being left at the altar with absolutely nothing to show for it. I think what Danny Briere did, both in terms of creativity but more so in terms of expedience, is how the Winnipeg Jets need to attack this offseason. Look, it's a lot more complex because you've got some really high-end talent available in trades. But for me, Tyson, these moves got to happen fast, and they got to happen furious. Specifically, I think, if I mean, all three of them for sure. But if you know that Connor Hellebuck is not going to be a part of the team next year, I think he's the first guy that's got to move. I agree. Especially because it was David Pegnotta that mentioned with LA moving out a goalie and some salary here. Clearly some semblance of all in for this upcoming season they've got a major major hole in net that, that they're looking to upgrade on and Pegnata mentioned UC Soros as a guy that LA has been circling on for a couple of months now and and this is a situation here if if you're Chevy if if you try to if you try to hold out for the ultimate package and this gets pushed one week, two weeks, three weeks after the season comes to an end you completely run the risk of Soros going to LA Gibson going somewhere, Carter Hart going somewhere. Ooh, all of a sudden, there's not a whole lot available. Maybe we'll be better off with a Freddie Anderson and a tandem in that for the upcoming. You know what I mean? It it can get really dicey really quickly here. I think as as much as we want to see a lot of moves right away, I don't know if you agree. I think Helly's got to be the first chip to fall if you know that you're moving all four of these big pieces this offseason. Yeah, no, I agree with that 100%. And I think the main part is you just need as many options as possible for a guy like Connor Halabak. You need as many teams trying to get the cream of the crop at the goaltending position this off season. Like there, we've already seen six to seven teams mentioned with Carter Hart. Like imagine Connor Halabak, right? Like that. There could be upwards of eight teams wanting to get in on Connor Hellebuck. And like you mentioned, if those teams start start dipping out, then offers start to go down too teams know that i might not have to give up as much for this guy anymore because there's not as much competition to get him, and that's why you need to get this done as soon as possible not to mention it helps you set your blueprint for the rest of the off season too like losing that big hole in net all of a sudden it's like okay well what do we get from in our trade where do we go from here what do we potentially move shifley and dubois for to kind of recoup what we have in net like they could possibly trade shifley for a goaltending prospect or exactly whatever yep. that that's exactly uh, huss huss has brought this point up to me many times and that you know you could move a bunch of these guys and while you don't trade shifley for a center or hellebuck for a goalie right you mix and match different positions and things like that and that's that's the perfect point there tyson especially when you're making so many different trades is that take the best offer for Buck early. Okay, now we know we have a better idea of the holes that we need to fill and that can help influence some of the trades we make with the other guys that we have. Yeah, and I think that's exactly what you need to do. You need to have, and we've mentioned this so many times, you need to have that plan. It's just, it feels like too many times in these past couple off seasons, it's sort of a wait and see approach instead of building a plan and executing on that plan as the off season goes. And I think that's, a huge thing for this offseason is the execution of the trades and wh- how you're going to put this team in a position to contend in the future, in the near future. I think this is this is mo- this is mammoth. It's a m- monumental offseason for the Winnipeg Jets, and you need to get out ahead of that and know exactly where you stand with this team. I really wonder how quick it all comes together, Tays, because I mean, look. The NHL doesn't like it, but I, I like the fact that the Flyers went out there and made a move, and it's like, okay, we got that one out of the way. We've got a few weeks now to get ready ahead of the draft, ahead of free agency, right? I like I, I don't know. I, I might be just a little too antsy for some action here, but I, I think once this season wraps up, we're going to see teams go local in the trade market right away. And I really do think that if you're the Jets, it behooves you in the best sense to go out there and at least make two of the moves early. You know what I mean? Like if you want to wait a little bit closer to the draft for one of those, then I can understand that. But to get two out of the way, I, you know, out of the way in the sense that you're still getting a ton back for these guys. But I just think that gives you a lot more, like you said, a lot more options, a lot more leeway, and the ability to be more creative to to build the team, how you want it to look for this upcoming season. And two, like if you're getting a pick in the 2020 in this upcoming draft, it's nice to know where you're picking, right? Like, you don't want to be three days out from the draft and be like, oh crap, we're picking 12th. And then obviously, these are scouts are, yeah, exactly. Obviously, these scouts have lists of where players are going to go generally, but it's just nice to know that we're picking in this range who's our number one pick, who's our two pick, who's our three pick. It, it's, it just helps this. it, it puts everyone in the organization in a better spot. To make to make the right choices, and I think that's what why, exactly why you need to get out ahead of this. Yeah. Do you want to move up in the draft? Do you want to move back in the draft? All these things are going to be in consideration. It, it's going to be nuts. I'm so jacked. It's going <laughs> no to be God. just so crazy. We're so close. A couple more games, and we're going to get into the fun season. We um, we might have to do a live stream for the draft and free agency. Oh well, da- yeah yeah we'll, be, we'll, we'll figure something yeah the, the draft yeah maybe the draft free agency's a little meh I, I've, I've done enough free agency shows in, in in my day uh those those end up being busts more often than not but we can have fun with the draft one for sure um but let's get through these next couple of weeks before we talk about going live and maybe on locate i don't know whatever it's going to be for the draft <laughs> well well we'll see we'll see how many picks the jets have if they have any picks or what's going to happen here but it's uh, yeah I, either way it's going to be a wild couple of weeks leading up to it really only i mean under three weeks away from the draft taking place let alone what happens leading up to the selections out there in nashville uh but that's where we'll end the episode there there here there everywhere um thank you guys for listening once again we'll call it quits for this week a little bit earlier, we'll get to you guys next week with plenty to talk about, potentially even the offseason officially getting underway, not getting ahead of ourselves, but that potential is there. So we'll have plenty to get into when we get back at it on Tuesday morning. Until then, though, thank you guys so much for listening to another episode of Skates and Plates here on the Hockey Podcast Network. I'm your host, Brandon Rewicki, CJOB's Tyson Rewicki with us once again. We'll talk to you guys Tuesday morning. Have a safe, great, happy weekend, everybody. We'll talk to you guys then. Peace.